Hello and welcome to another episode of Ideas Don't Bleed, a comics podcast presented by Ashcan Press and featuring Matthew Rosenberg and the Supple Boys, Ethan S. Parker and Griffin Sheridan. This is part two of our discussion with Saladin Ahmed. We hope you enjoy. Your next book, which, which you know, I know you can't talk too much about, but I feel like you're going in the opposite direction, but sort of so extremely in the opposite direction that it, it presents its own problem, which is Daredevil. Um, <laughs> daredevil and i you know maybe you don't feel this i've always i mean i'm a huge daredevil fan but i've always felt like that was the comics writer's book like that was the book that every comics writer wanted to get their hands on and that was the legacy is obviously very uh intimidating and tense do you feel that like going into this now that you're You've been writing comics for a while and it's old hat to you and and you know what you're doing and you obviously are excellent at it. Like, what does it mean to slip in a daredevil now? Yeah, it's uh yeah, it is intimidating. Um and and you know, Matt is like and Electra currently, um, are you know are yeah, they're just this unique thing. They're like their own little silo in the marvel universe um where the storytelling is allowed to be a little artier you know um the art is allowed to be a little bit less house style um mm-hmm. the uh the the themes are a little darker more mature you know um there's just space with daredevil um that you know like in, in some ways daredevil is the is the, is the can, you know the big marvel character you know that that's that's least weird to make a prestige uh, uh cable show out of right because because sure. and it's weird because i'm coming off of miles right so it's like you know whatever rooftop crawling uh you know uh fighting guys without like crazy superpowers you know like like on paper you know lots of similarities right but but yeah the tone is going to be very different yeah. <laughs> so this one will not be one for the for the little guys um and it's uh it's it's awesome though it's for me matt is uh what i love about writing this character is um he's because of his faith he's actually kind of in between these things that we were talking about the cosmic and the street level right mm-hmm. um you know I'm, I'm i'm a muslim i'm not a super traditional muslim but i'm a believer you know in god and, and in a designed universe and uh not lots of superheroes explicitly are right yeah and so to uh to take on even though um you know i'm i'm far from irish catholic i am half catholic actually my mother's name was mary o'leary was my <laughs> uh who has, who has since passed god bless her soul but um yeah she, she um so I, I'm, I come from like half my family is actually like uh irish catholic lots of things going on so so i i actually like relate to 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 some of matt's like biographical stuff more closely than people might think uh based just on my name but but for me philosophically the fact that he's um 
that he's a believer and that he's, I don't think he thinks he's doing a great job in God's eyes, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, that's, uh, that's a, that, that's something I relate to deeply. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big, um, it's a big part of the faith that you're all always kind of like, am I fucking up, you know? And, uh, and Matt kind of is pretty convinced he's fucking up most of the time. Right. Sure. And, uh, <clears throat> but not just in this personal code, right. To a transcendent higher power. Mm -hmm. And to me, um, you know, that uh, I, I'm not going to give anything at all away uh, plot wise, but I'll be leaning into that in this series. To me, it's a huge difference between Matt and, you know, most other Marvel characters. And it's, it's a way into me for him to have this be on the street doing his thing, but to have this, this larger glimpse at the universe. You know? Yeah. I, I love the idea that you talk about of of him being the the middle point that he's a, a street level character but he's he's looking up to the stars in a sense like he's his head is there I, I I've always it for I've always have a have some like disconnect with Daredevil like I love the character but I I have a hard time fitting him into the Marvel universe because of his faith only because he knows the the gods of the Marvel universe and he's met them. And I'm always sort of fascinated uh, by like, it's one of those things that I, I want to know more about his faith because I can't reconcile it in my head. Cause I'm not the person who can come in and write that character t thinking about those things and doing those things when he knows Thor and he knows, you know, Hercules and knows these other gods. It's such a fascinating, there's such a fascinating angle to him as someone who believes in something other than, just the morality like we tell so many stories about people where the morality just is is law but it's not handed down from somewhere yeah. and i i uh i i'm very excited about your run because i i i know that you are someone who who is a is a religious in some way and and that to me gives you such an interesting chance to explore the character but also you know, I, I don't know. It's it's funny for me because I, I I approach books as both a creator and a fan. I can't separate those things. And so I, I get very excited by ideas that I couldn't come up with. And I get very excited about the things that I, I couldn't do as a writer. And so um, this isn't a question. I'm just very excited for <laughs> Daredevil. I, I think it's it's going to be awesome. I, I had a question, um, sort of, we're talking about some of the things you share with Daredevil and, uh, and then these other characters, Miles, Kamala. Um, have you discovered anything about yourself in working on these characters? Have there been any sort of realizations in plugging into them and their lives and their stories that you are sort of carrying forward that might be a bit personal a bit that's a bit no no heady, that's a great but... that's a fantastic question um i think you know i don't know if it's discovery but i think for me it's it's sort of like uh reminders um and and you know um like when i was writing this quicksilver book right you know mm -hmm. Um, Pietro's a little fucking insufferable, you know, <laughs> and and, uh, and you know, he's he's been a bit of a know-it-all at times, and you know, and and I've certainly had that that phase in my life, right? And uh, sure, and and he's, I I intentionally kind of tried to write him. Um, there's a scene in one of the issues where he, in the miniseries, he's trapped in this kind of pocket dimension thing, and the only person he makes contact with uh, occasionally is, is Wanda, right? And mm -hmm. uh, he and Wanda are having this argument, and. Uh, 
and you know she says um he's blaming you know blaming these people blaming these people and she's like you're always it's always somebody else's fault with you and he says it is always somebody else's <laughs> fault right and that was a line that i'd thrown out once <laughs> myself and and i was like oh god yeah yeah that, that would be him right and uh, mm -hmm. uh so for me it's 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 really kind of poking at myself more than like changing who i am you know and, mm -hmm. and with miles for instance um I love writing him because I can remember what it's like to feel a little bit optimistic about the world, right? I can remember what it's sure. like to, to, to be a little sweeter than I am now as a person, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and those are the, those are the things that I really keep me going while I'm writing is kind of inhabiting those characters. Steve, there's a reason that every fucking book I write, uh, Steve Rogers ends up in, right? Even though I'm, I've not written an actual uh, Captain America book. <clears throat> and it's because, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty crazy leftist, fairly kind of anti-patriotic, but Steve is like this guy that that thinks this place could be something better than it is. And and sometimes mm -hmm. I just need to tell myself that. Right. And and so, of course, it's Steve giving a speech. But, you know, he's, he's not just giving a speech to the readers. He's he's, you know, reminding me of things sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, especially these characters are so lived in and have such a history that it's so interesting to hear you say that the characters, even though you're writing them, are sort of speaking to you because of like the history and the lineage of them and how many other people have put their stamp on them to form those characters. And so, uh, and I'm sure you have your own history with a lot of them. And so then when you're writing them for all of that to sort of channel through you, so then you can give yourself and readers a speech from Captain America is pretty great. <laughs> I love comic books. They're pretty good, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> They're pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk. In the last few years, obviously you've done creator-owned stuff before. You, you had Abbott. And, and, but in the last few years, you seem to have really switched to like doing a lot of that stuff. Um, you had Dragon on, on Kickstarter, which was... Mm a huge huge thing and then you start doing stuff on Substack and and now you have uh Star Signs and Terror War both coming out on Image um why why the switch to focusing more on creator own why now what was the idea there or is it just <clears throat> these books had to come out or no i you know i guess it's um for me, I'm always trying to do both things. You know, I'm always trying to work in worlds that are familiar to people that, you know, um, that are touchstones, uh, like Griffin was saying, the characters that I've always wanted to connect with, right? So <clears throat> I'll, that, that will always take up a part of my time, I think, as long as people are offering me the work. Um, but then, yeah, I, I again, I, I started this as like a poet, a fiction writer. I started cr by creating my own stuff and uh there is a part of me that still wants to always do that and um it's uh it's still a collaboration of course with an artist but um but you're building something with them uh that's original and new and you can you know you all of the obvious reasons i guess you're not beholden right to like somebody thinking it's a good idea or not a good idea that's really based on kind of economic reasons that they might or might not be right about anyway right mm -hmm. um uh, being able to tell kind of stories that are a little bit weirder, um, either in form or, you know, with Dragon, uh, it'll eventually get published as a conventional 
um, probably trade size graphic novel. But part of what me and Dave started talking about when we looked at Kickstarter and looking at the pages and the methods he was working with there mm-hmm. was just like how cool it will be to do a big giant fucking like oversized hardcover art book type thing. And, yeah. and you know, it's, I'll, it'll be great when it comes out in trade paperback because it's a great book, I think, if I do say so myself. But looking at those pages like that are just like beautiful. And, you know, it's like you were talking about. If you want to tell a 40-page story, you might have to bite the bullet a little bit on the economics of it. But you can make that call, right? Yeah. Uh, as opposed to just not having any room for it at all. And so that flexibility is like um, – I, I think i go crazy if I wasn't working <laughs> on something – that didn't have that, you know, and, and mm-hmm. before that might've been, I'm doing fiction stuff, you know, I've done a little dabbling in TV stuff, but, um, comics is like, it's an immediate, um, th- there's just a, a buzz about working on a new comic script. that's like nothing else. The daunting task of starting a new novel is horrific because mm-hmm. of the, the length of the thing you're working on, uh, doing Hollywood stuff just has so many gatekeepers, but, you know, you get started, if you know an artist and you guys are cool, you know, you can just start talking about an idea yeah. then and, and, and make it a thing before too long, you know? And so uh, the ability to do that both with, with Dave Acosta on Terror War and on Dragon both has been really cool because we've explored very different sides of his work, you mm-hmm. know, uh, tonally they're very different. And then even distinct from both of those is with Megan Levin's uh, Star Signs, Again, these are all sort of aspects of myself that I've touched on in my Marvel work, right? Star Signs is a is a sort of young, diverse cast of superpower people dealing with like weird cosmic shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Terror War is a uh, is science fictional, but there's big monsters and, and and big like you know cable looking laser guns, and you know, yeah. my protagonist might have a glowing cybernetic eye, possibly. You know. Um, so there's there's these familiar elements from um, the kind of big two flavoring, but you get to just kind of use those as a spice in the way that you want, rather than have it be like the only dish there. You know what I mean? Um, I'm I'm curious only from a from a sort of behind the scenes standpoint. Um, you you went from making comics for Marvel, um, who, you know, for better or worse, you're kind of just turning in scripts and and tinker on them. And and doing doing books for Boom, which is, from my understanding, sort of a similar process. They they handle a lot of a lot of the stuff. And then you're doing a Kickstarter where it's all on you. And then uh, I just remember like you talking about Terror War coming out, and then Star Signs coming out. And I had this moment of being like, Wait, he can't have two image books coming out like right on top of each other. He'll die. And <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm just, I'm just sort of like, what is the transition like to being at image where, you know, I, I love image. It's, it's the most liberating and sort of empowering thing artistically, but it's also because of that, it's sort of the most work. Um, what's that been like to do two books right on top of each other? Yeah, it was, it was defanged for me a little bit by the fact that, um, you know, we sort of, uh, made a lab uh online of of, of our sub stack um mm-hmm. early on and so we published um you know there have been revisions to the pages and stuff like that i don't consider the online versions the final versions but um we published you know a lot of this stuff um on the sub stack early and be because of that deal we're able to like pay writers up front or pay artists up front 
mm-hmm. to create, right? And uh, we were able to kind of build a little bit of track ahead of us mm-hmm. before we started rolling an image, which uh, I, I'm losing my mind, but I'd, I'd, I'd be literally dead if we, we didn't have that. But really, I mean, by far, the key thing is is management, you know, it's like, it's like having some working with people who know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. If now I know lots of comics folks who are like, hardcore business heads, hardcore kind of project management heads, they, they will handle that project top to bottom. That's not yeah. me. I'm, I'm, I'm a writer, I create, and I don't know how to do shit else. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's so it's been a it's been a lesson. I've been learning how to do other things, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a bit of a lesson. And it would only be possible like the Kickstarter campaign we did. Um, uh, we did uh, with uh, a Kickstarter manager laser, she was uh, they were brilliant. They just handled so many things that I didn't know would be a problem. That's, uh-huh. that's really the thing. It's like, and it was the same thing with image. We're working with the editor, uh, Heather Antos, who's like, sure. I, she's saving my life basically. Like uh-huh. I, I, you know, because there are so many things that come up with production, right. That I don't, I don't know because I'm not, I'm not, I haven't been in the industry super long. I haven't schooled myself on all that. And I'm learning it as I go, but that's the shortest answer, I guess is really, Heather Antos <laughs> saved my ass, basically. Yeah. That's why that is why Star Signs and Terror War are coming out like uh, on time and 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 without like ridiculous errors in it is because of her. <laughs> <laughs> um well I want to talk about Star Signs for for a minute. Um Star Signs is a really interesting book to me because you you have this book that's, you know, at its core, it's it's a superhero book in some ways. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the start of a superhero story. Um, and you, you tie it, you know, to the, to the Zodiac, to the, the star signs, um, as it were. And that is a funny thing because I, it seems so obvious in some ways, but also like superhero comics have been around for 80 years and I don't really, there's not a lot of instances of that being that I could think of that that's a thing. Um, and I, I was sort of fascinated by that idea and, and in my head, I couldn't, I spent a lot of time thinking about after the first issue, I was like, why aren't there more Zodiac superheroes? Why isn't that a thing? And in some ways I feel like believing in astrology and, and that stuff uh, and believing in superheroes are like two two sides of a coin if that makes sense that like they're they're sort of just different and obviously i don't think a lot of superhero people necessarily believe in superheroes in that way but i i feel like there's something that compels people in different directions with those ideas that there's a different side of you um i'm just sort of wondering where you see these come together was how did this come together for you and where do you see it like do you see an overlap in these ideas or yeah, that's super interesting. I um, so for me, part of it is like I always I like uh, whatever organized systems of knowledge. Whether it's like you know the elements, whether it's uh, the zodiac signs, whether it's like the the you know the humors and medieval uh, you know medical terminology, right? Anything that's like trying to be a sort of exhaustive take on on knowledge and there's these like few categories i love that as organizing principle and uh 
um, I think it lends itself to like superhero team stuff really mm-hmm. well, right? So, sure. um, I mean, the Fantastic Four are basically the four elements, right? It's like air, earth, fire, water, right? Uh, if we make Reed's squishiness uh, kind of water. Sure. Um, <clears throat> and I think that even unconsciously, a lot of these sort of organizing rubrics that we have um, emerge in this stuff. So uh, Star Signs, actually, I used to play um, the... A superhero role-playing game back in the 80s. Villains and Vigilantes was the name of the game, right? Um, and uh, I I didn't have that many friends that played, so mostly you just made characters, right? And uh-huh. uh, and I would design teams of, like, supervillains and superheroes, and, and I had a Zodiac-themed uh, supervillain team that I created. So there was a Libra who was named Libra, and, you know, Taurus was named Taurus, and they had, like, uh-huh. you know, one guy was a bull guy, and, you know... Sure. Um, it has nothing to do with what's actually in star signs now, except that I think I always held on to the idea of it would be cool to have people with different powers that sort of embody these different, these different signs. And, uh, um, I guess I'm trying to bridge the thing that you're talking about. I mean, it's true that kind of like mainstream superhero comics and, and that if we think of them as fandoms, they're fairly separate fandoms, right? Like astrology sure. fandom is a thing. Um, but, not necessarily if you look at stuff like you know uh webtoons or manga or stuff mm-hmm. like that more of those readers are into that stuff right yeah. and uh, i think to me i'm trying in my old middle-aged man way to try to write a book that feels that just feels a little um like it's speaking more broadly to people mm-hmm. it is it is a superhero book in that these characters are all going to have powers and there's a there's a hero's influence there as well and uh you know, um, but that show was like before superhero movies were huge, right? And and yeah. people who didn't give a shit about superheroes like got interested in that, you know. And, and to me, sure. that's uh, I, I think there's room to talk to lots of different audiences. So some of the stuff I write will be hardcore referential. Exiles is like you have to be a comics nerd. You don't know what the fuck's going on in that book, right? Yeah. But um, but uh, I think it's also I love to do stuff that just feels like. Um, uh, you can give it to somebody who's into astrology and maybe they'll mm-hmm. actually read it and check it out and you know yeah um, you you spent so much of your comics career at Marvel making superhero comics I'm always fascinated when people who do that work at Marvel or DC for a long time step away and make a superhero comic that isn't there yeah. Um why why did you feel like you why did you feel like this one was for you and not for them or some you had something to say that you weren't already saying what what is that i think i wanted to re-explore it a little bit you know there's there's such a um even marvel's gotten that impulse like the new universe man like people were like mm-hmm. let's just clear the deck and, and see what it's like when somebody can fly again right yeah. and uh and we're we're there, there's like such power creep in superhero comics that I think we've lost the wonder of like how fucking crazy it would be if somebody could be invisible. I went, I went back and read like a, like out of X-Men it's somewhere in the first dozen issues, right? Where the mm-hmm. Vanisher first appears. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, it's wild. It's like, it's, he's a scary fucking villain. Cause he can, you yeah. don't know where he is. Right. And now it's like, somebody's got vision who can detect, you know, like Iron Man susses that guy out in two seconds. Right. But, yeah, yeah. but, I, I love to like try and tell a story that's like you can stop time for a few seconds. Like, what is that? You know, like, let's try and feel that fresh. Like, what would that be like? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I remember reading uh, Marvel's, and somewhere in Marvel's, there's a description of the sound Reed Richards' body makes stretches, <laughs> and that yeah. to me, like that was a like crucial moment in like yeah. understanding the kind of work I want to do. Of just yeah. like, how do you approach this in a way that you know everyone who's grown up on it like can feel wonder at it again and and yeah. feel and feel that. And I, I get that from Star Signs. I get the 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 birthplace of something new and like asking the audience to come in fresh. It's very, it's very exciting. And uh, obviously something that's very difficult to do at a Marvel, Marvel or DC at this point. Um, okay. So let's talk about terror war for a minute. Yeah. Um, terror war. Uh, well, first of all, do you want to say what it's about? Just. Yeah. Yeah. Terror war is um, a kind of, science fiction horror story a uh, little bit of cyberpunk a uh, little bit of like kind of alien body horror stuff and it's uh set in a place called blue city which is uh, imagined as the the last livable place on earth a city of uh, 100 million people where people from all parts of the world all sorts of different kinds of people ended up kind of piling on top of each other and uh you know there's some very familiar tropes of kind of like scary corporate overlords kind of thing uh, class examination um big giant laser guns stuff like that but it's it's also you know it's a, it's a social commentary series i guess in a way again that, that you only get space for when you're doing your own thing mm -hmm. the uh you have you have this idea in terror war there soldiers police whatever they're they're a protective force of some sort um and they're sort of protecting people from visions from things they not visions but like imagination in a way well physicalized visions the idea yeah. uh, the premise is that <clears throat> there are creatures we don't know what they are where they come from yet um called terrors and uh, they're they're the 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 kind of stain on this you know blue city that that should be a perfect uh, shelter for humanity, and they're creatures that take the form of people's worst fears. Yeah. So in in our premiere issue, the first one we see is this guy who you know has always been scared of this cartoon fraud from a kids show that he never quite let go, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's like chasing him down you know the alley, and uh, and they can only be killed by a a, a select few people who seem to have weird brains yeah. um, that allow them to create things called brain bullets that, uh, that, that can harm these things, but otherwise they're, they're damn near invulnerable. And so you have this class of people who, uh, whose job basically it is to, to take out these monsters. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm not a, you know, huge police fan. I'm not a huge, sure. you know, uh, I mean, individuals doing any job is, is one thing, but in terms of institutions, you know, the police department, uh, military, I, we've had plenty of stories about great soldiers, about cops. Um, and so with these guys, you know, the, the inspiration is a little bit more like ghostbusters, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're, um, the, the tagline we use is we're not heroes, we're contractors. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, this is, um, they're trying to make rent, right. Um, they don't get paid unless they register their kills. And so part of what we're doing with this series is also just trying to show like, you know, like working people uh, yeah. saving the world. But, but you know, that like, what does working look like? It's a pain in the ass a lot of times, right? Yeah. So um, it's a very, it's, it's a very kind of blue collar 
science fiction story for sure um yeah it's funny because it has a very it has a it has that ghostbusters feel you talked about but it also has that aliens feel where you're you're with you know the these working class blue collar guys who are at the whim of just these these big corporate faceless corporations and they're risking their lives and there's there's something really uh compelling about that in a way that i i i think sci-fi always does well and and we have a hard time doing in in the real world for a plethora of reasons <laughs> but um I I'm fascinated by the idea of it because I mean, it is this idea of, of our thoughts come made real, right? It's our fears come to life. Uh, it's an idea that I, I think a lot of people have thought about and, and sort of touched on in the past in places. And, and it's always sort of a fun idea and, you know, um, reading your book, I found it sort of, there's a sense of dread to it that, that I think is in the work, but I think is also uh, a 2023 um, sort of, uh, you know, a, a 21st century sort of social media idea of like, mm -hmm. we're immersed in a world where people are really just spilling their thoughts and ideas out at you all the time. And it's fucking horrifying what mm -hmm. people are thinking and believing. And, and there's just this sort of, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it, at no time in history have we been more in a place where we understand the dark inner recesses of, of the people around us's minds sometimes and how we don't we don't know what's going on in their heads until they share them. And it's really not what we hoped it would be. And it's not pleasant. Um, is this something is this book an idea like that you've had for a long time is this what about this speaks to you now what about sort of our fears coming to life like yeah it's um it's kind of built out of different time periods you know in dave acosta and i are, are roughly of an age and dave's a huge movie nerd and uh we have a lot of dna of of 80s science fiction and horror movies that you know we just we threw right onto this page right like mm -hmm. there's alien is there blade runner is there ghostbusters is there like like a lot of um things that don't seem to be the exact same subgenre. we said sort of sort of somehow weaved together mm -hmm. um both visually in dave's art you know he did a lot of uh for the the vehicles and things like that he did a lot of looking at like old like 80s action toys right like so so we've got them like <clears throat> zipping down the street in like a basically a personnel carrier that could be like a gi joe type of thing that has been like you know sort of a sci-fi sci-fiized and then and then rusty and, and made working class so visually <clears throat> and and somewhat in the themes there is that retro element to it mm -hmm. right because that's the thing cyberpunk we're like we're in the cyberpunk reality now right because um, and so many things that we're dealing with now, um, those creators back then sort of knew we would be dealing with. So yeah. it's kind of in some part coming back now that we're in the midst of this stuff, telling a story that's a little bit nostalgic in tone and, and uses some of that furniture. But yeah, to talk about to talk about the moment we're in now. But then in between those for me, <clears throat> um, you know, I'm uh, I'm Arab American man. Uh, I was in New York City uh, on 9/11, and I was in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it was a 
um, it was a profound experience for me on a, a bunch of levels. Um, but even more so everything that followed with the, the, the quote unquote war on terror, right? Which is where, where the, the title comes from, right? The idea that you can have a war on terror has always been absurd, right? And, and sure. in reality, you know, you've been bombing actual human beings, not, not a fear and not some disembodied emotion, right? Yeah. So, but, but the writer part of my brain, I was like, well, well, what if we could, what if it was fear itself, right? Uh, mm-hmm. to take the FDR version of it, right, that we could fight. And uh, and I sort of started to spin a premise a little bit out of that. Um, but then it definitely did, you know, I want to write a book that's now, that's current. And so it's definitely, um, there's definitely, there's no actual social media in the book. And I was very conscious. I, uh, I didn't want to make this future super internet-y because mm-hmm. I think we assume like the internet is an infrastructure, it's a physical infrastructure. And we assume that human beings are always going to have, like whenever we see futures, right, depicted. But there's lots of high tech futures that don't necessarily look like that kind of connectedness. So I actually left like, there's no internet that we see right now in terror war. Mm -hmm. But um, that idea of inner thoughts spilling out and being able to look at each other's and be threatened by them. Yeah. That's, that's, I spent a lot of time on Twitter, <laughs> a lot of time on Twitter. So yeah, definitely. That's uh that's probably more subconsciously, but, uh, but I think that's definitely a part of what's animating it. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's such a, it's, it's funny because I feel like the two books, um, star signs and, and terror war, they don't, feel and i mean this in a in in as a really high praise they don't feel like they come from the same person in some ways or like the same place i feel like they're so immersive and and they're so they feel so separate i feel like there's um there's something really exciting about that to me yeah. as a, as a creator and and as a fan, like I, I love the idea that they're separate. Do you see in when you go out and are, are, you know, making dragon and, and terror war and star signs, like, do you see a connective tissue? Do you see a line in your work that connects them? Or are these just like the things that are bouncing in your head and you want to go with them? I mean, there's, there's always thematic stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a sap. I like stories about, people kind of coming together despite differences to help each other. I like stories about um, kind of uh, people helping each other deal with trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. and helping each other heal. Um, I like stories about, you know, diverse kinds of people who haven't been put in the center of stories much. Um, And so you'll see, you know, you'll see certain broad thematic stuff, but to me that, that is, Star Signs and Terror are different parts of my brain, and it's really cool to be able to work on both at the same time and sort of indulge different parts. And the cool thing about comics is, like, if you're just writing short stories and you write one really dark, grim short story, you write a lighthearted, like, a, you know, YA short story or something like that, right? Um, there's still, you, the, the prose might be different, but they still feel mm-hmm. both very close to you. But when you're working with two different artists... Right. And then I get like Megan's kind of clean, bright, uh, just crystalline kind of uh, lines and, and expressive uh, facial acting. And, uh, and I contrast it to Dave's like 
shadowy, you know, ultra, you know, cross hatched sort of mm -hmm. like, you know, layered monster stuff. Um, it's just, it's so cool because they're both amazing, but they're very different. And so I can explore different parts of myself with each, with each artist in a different collaboration. Yeah, it's, it, it's really, I mean, it's fun to have a writer put out a, a new book that, that feels like a fresh thing from them and like an, a new idea and, and for you to be doing it twice at once is very, you know, from a, from, from my, from where I am, it's both very intimidating, but also like really exciting um, to see these, these things, to see you stretch these muscles that you maybe don't get to stretch as much at Marvel and dip into tool sets that you don't get to use as much. And, and the reward is these awesome books. Thanks so much for, for taking the time. Uh, I'm very excited about, it's very rare that I get a creator who I'm excited about everything they're working on at once. And so uh, I was very excited to chat with you and, and, and pick your brain a little about all these books that I, that I'm loving. So thanks. Thanks for taking no, the time. It was, it was great questions. And, and, and Ethan and Griffin, thank you for your questions too. They were awesome. Appreciate of course. Yeah. Thanks, thanks so much for coming on, man. And that brings us to the end of part two of our discussion with Saladin Ahmed. Make sure to check out Daredevil, Star Signs, Terror War, and everything else he's working on by checking out his substack at copperbottle.net. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week with another wonderful guest. And in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at ashcanpress on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.